Hello. Hi. Long time. Uh, can we just remind each other who who is here? I'm not sure I remember you. Jordan, something weird's going on with your mic. Yeah, you oh. might want to start that again. Why? What's it doing? You just cut out. No, it's it's been like four. Well, it's been like three weeks or something, or maybe even longer. And we gotta dust out that mic. Yeah. Do I sound uh, good? Yeah, just as you sound great, just as opinionated as ever. Good. Well, that's the idea here. This is a podcast. It's not just like a therapy session. Okay, listen, it's been a long time, but we are back. Mostly back. We're kind of back. For the moment, we're back, at least for one episode. We've got a new episode. Let's go. This is it. This is the episode. Elliot Tanti, Braden Dyler Coldman, Jordan Dyler Coldman with you. This is Hattrick. Now, for those uninitiated, it's a very simple show. The three of us will spend a few minutes here with you talking about sports over the course of three topics. Most of the things that you will hear completely made up, but for the most part, when Jordan's talking, correct. I was going to say mostly just when I'm talking, (laughs) Uh, but that's the idea. Let's get to it. Here's topic one. All right. Look. It has been a while, but there's definitely been no lack of things to uh, dig into and talk about. We are at the very beginning of October, believe it or not. And that means that there are uh, a few different leagues who are gearing up to get going. And the one, of course, that we care the most about, and we will start our show off today with, is the NHL, and more specifically the Edmonton Oilers. So the uh, training camp is almost done at this point. We've we've only got a couple preseason games remaining. Lots of... um, news all across the league in terms of who's going to make the teams, who's being sent down, who's being relocated. It's one of those weird preseason for me, at least where like, I haven't really watched very much of it just because as always is the case being the one out here in Vancouver, like it's not easy to get these preseason games on television. Like I think even in Edmonton, they probably only broadcast like one or two, but it's tricky to get them. Uh, I've been lucky in the sense that they've played the Canucks a couple of times. So at least on those games, I've got like the local broadcast, but like they're playing Seattle tonight at the time of recording this. And I had to go online to find a feed uh, already. Um, But I had to also remind myself like this game doesn't mean anything. uh, So it really doesn't matter how good the feed is. But I guess the question is this, Elliot, from from your perspective, as again, we're about a week away or a week on Wednesday away from puck actually dropping on the regular season. They'll they'll be here in Vancouver, October 11th. Uh, From your perspective, how how invested or engaged have you been thus far with the preseason? Or are you kind of one of those guys who just like waits till it really counts? Have you been paying attention? Uh, A little bit here and there. I, I think it's by the virtue of having a really good team is... I feel a lot less invested in the preseason this year. I mean, you know, there, there's a bunch of young guys. They're giving them some chances. But, like, the Oilers roster is basically set. There there are three guys fighting for two spots, basically. Um, and so am I following it? Yeah, but not as much as I normally would. And I think my interest peaks probably in the last two games when those final spots are being decided. Braden, how much preseason hockey have you watched or followed? Uh, I've, I've definitely followed most of the games, at least up until like how they how they end up. I, I'm not sure I've seen all of 
all of the action, but I have been able to watch some of the younger guys uh, play some more meaningful minutes, which, which, you know, like Elliot says, this team is locked up. This, this is a, this is a carryover from a team that was, you know, bound for the cup and they have one thing left to do, which is go and win that cup. So this team's locked in, they have, you know, the chemistry from last year and the years prior. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, I, I had my money on Brandon Sutter being a guy that was going to make this team. And so to see the, you know, the shock in my face to see not only was he released, but then retired, you know, it, there was something bigger that he was dealing with when it, when it came to his, his return to the NHL. I, I'm very curious to see though, if, if um, uh, one Raphael Lavoie is going to make the team or if, you know, somebody like Gagne will come back and, and fill that spot once he's healthy. So, okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about bubble guys for a second. You've got a few players, obviously, who we've seen up in the NHL and then have seen uh, um, sort of, you know, be be those bubble guys previous seasons. And then, as you say, a guy like Raphael Lavoie, who for the first time, I think so far in his career, really is a uh, competing for an actual NHL spot. Um, but which, I mean, I'm talking about guys like Dylan Holloway, who obviously we saw for most of the beginning of last season and then didn't see again once he was sent down. He had a pretty mm-hmm. decent time in the AHL, but, you know, a young guy who clearly the um, Oilers brass felt needed a bit more seasoning. And I think that that was probably a good decision and also a luxury the Oilers have not had uh, in a long time uh, in terms of having the depth to be able to not rush talented rookies. Um, but when you look at what's there, as you as you mentioned, Gagne was in that is in that conversation. Sutter was obviously in that conversation. Um, where does Peterson or Peterson fit in? Where does uh, Ernie fit in? And then you know whether it's uh, Lavoie who's played well. Even looking at some of the guys on the defensive side, you know we saw some Nimalainen last season. He didn't stick around very long, but he yeah. had some bursts. It's like where do where are those bubble players for you, and who are they? Uh, who are the ones you think? have the best chance either of cracking the opening day roster or who you would expect to sort of be the first call-ups. Braden? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, if Ghani is healthy, uh, I would, I would say his veteran, you know, prowess and, and his, you know, he's, there's a, a familiarity with his play. Um, I would, I would say Dylan Holloway for sure will have uh, probably the most or the, the highest chance of making one of those wing, wing is the, the wings are, are basically where uh, there's going to be, I think the most movement um, and flexibility as the season goes on. Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I have enjoyed seeing Lavoie. He, he had a really great AHL season last year. A lot of the knock on him right now is does he have the speed to keep up in the NHL? Um, so that's, I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm not sure I'm the best person to say, uh, he, you know, what he, what he does have or what he doesn't have when it comes to speed on the ice. But, but, you know, when you see, when you see McDavid move and you watch somebody else who can't quite, quite keep up, it becomes quite apparent. So uh, as for the decor though, I think that's pretty well set. I don't think there's going to be a guy like Nimalainen or I, I think DeArnay is going to be the guy that they're going to, try to push with you know moving forward elliot yeah there's this interesting debate going on around if you call someone up or gagne or something like that makes makes the team i think lebois has to go through waivers on his way back down and that there's a real risk that we could lose him 
And so the, the the ongoing conversation and what it's been for two weeks here in Edmonton is whoever you're picking ahead of Lavoie, like you have to be willing, you better be sure because there's a real risk that that plays in that. Um, and I think that's been the most interesting story of this camp. I mean, it's been really really boring i the only other thing i would say is like oh the oilers are rumbling and ready to go everyone showed up two weeks early for camp and mcdavid's doing captain's gates and that was like a whole thing in and of itself but that seems to be the the only two things that debate it's it's you know like i said the team is set uh they're you know the regular season is just you know a tune-up for the playoffs for these guys I think they want to win the division, but I think they'd rather be resting the last three games, resting their best players the last three games of the season rather than trying to fight for something. So they really want to have a good season. But yeah, like it's it's sort of it's so different than what we've faced with this team for so many years when they were bad. We're seeing these young guys come up and being excited about what they could do because there was potential down the road. Now it's like, oh, this is what it, this I'm reminded. This is what it's like to have a good team. Like a lot of these decisions have already been made, and it's like small stuff on the margins, right? And we really had nothing, you know, no huge names coming in the offseason. Connor Brown was a great deal for us, but that's you know that's that's a guy who slots in pretty seamlessly. Yeah, I guess that's like the other kind of story is everyone's been watching to see how he is like, like, like health wise, healthy, and, yeah. and is he going to be able to, you know, is he going to get to the place that he needs to get? Um, but even like the 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 expectations game with him, like Drysaddle's been out there doing like spinning for for Connor Brown, saying, well, you know, it's going to take him a couple months to get up and running, and blah blah. blah. Like, they, there's a lot of stuff here that's like. It's just very interesting. And as an Oilers fan who was born in 90, like this is not, I'm not, it's not something I'm used to a good team in that way. All right. So um, just to wrap this portion of our little show up here, let's do this. Uh, I'll give you each a chance to do one of two things. You can decide for yourselves. Don't worry, Elliot. This is not a game. Uh, Elliot is opposed to games, just in general. I hate, hate but he loves the game of baseball. Yeah. We'll talk about that shortly. You get a choice. You can either give me one like scorching hot take, like painfully hot take, or you can give me like a painfully premature overreaction to something you've either seen or thought about in this preseason. So one or the other. Elliot, you're first for sure. Um, So sorry, I was coughing there. So a scalding hot take or a, a painful overreaction. No, painfully premature overreaction. It's alliteration. I'm playing I'm playing with the alliteration. premature. And your answer also has to be an alliteration. I will say the Edmonton Oilers power play this year will be better than it was last year. So better than the best ever. Yes. Better than the best. <laughs> well, they were the best last year. So if they're beating last year's record, they're better than the best. Wow. Right? Yeah. All yeah, right, 100%. So we're calling that I think an, actually, we're calling that an overreaction, or we're calling that a scalding theory. hot take. Which is it? All right, we'll call it a scalding hot take. That is, I, 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 mm. I think that's I don't disagree with. I mean, I, I don't see how that's even a hot take because they are already the best team out no, there. No, they're not. No, they're not. They were. They were. They were. They were. And now. It all gets wiped clean, and we start a. Start Can you a imagine if their power play is better than it was last year? It was insane last year. 
Yeah. No, it was like, take a penalty at your own peril. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, all right. That's a good one. Uh, Braden, what do you got? Wow. For me? Um, my hot take is that Jack Campbell turns his game around and becomes a Vesna candidate. Whoa. Woo! Not scalding. Only, you not said scalding. Only. That's like I a did, white hot. That is that is nuclear. <laughs> that is nuclear. And you so know what not that would only, mean? Not only is he usurping Stuart Skinner and re- re- reclaiming the, the the starting job, but he's actually man. competing for the Vesna. That's right, baby. So okay, so let me just pry into that a little bit. So what you're suggesting is that you don't anticipate the Oilers will f- f- sort of field a a tandem but that one guy will literally just run away with it again. Cause that is what happened last year. Skinner kind of ran away with it, but now you're telling me the tables yeah. are going to turn. Play La Bamba, baby. All right. Um, here's my, uh, uh, you both went with scalding hot takes. So I'll go with a painfully premature overreaction. Um, the Edmonton Oilers right now, from what I have seen in the three, probably preseason games, I've actually watched more than a period of. They, they don't look particularly tight. They look very, very uh, sloppy. And I am worried that even with that early arrival, even with some of the, the, the hype and all of that, I am worried that the month of October is going to be a bit of a sour start and that it's very possible this team kind of falls flat to start the year and that they jump out to maybe like a, I don't know, like a two and five record coming out of that month and that there's all this panic and all of this stuff. And then they settle in and they get their shit together. But I, for some reason, I think with all of the anticipation and all of the excitement surrounding this team, it's going to be a night to tonight fight just for them to sort of get their feet under them. And as Elliot said, and this is part of, I think the danger of it. It's like, if the, if the regular season, if we're looking already at the regular season is a tune up for the playoffs, I think that that's very misguided because the uh, Edmonton Oilers, if they have done anything in my lifetime is proven to me that uh, no matter how good they are on paper, they are always capable of shooting themselves in the foot. And, uh, and that's what I'm worried about. It's my early overreaction. I would like to be wrong, but, um, but we'll see what happens. All I know is I watched them play the Canucks. I watched the full hockey game the other night and they just looked, like a mess. Just well, a, they just, fielded. They fielded some. Regardless, you know, even the lines lineups, of guys, yeah, even of the lineups with the guys, the regular is. NHL players, they were sloppy. They weren't tight. The power play yeah. was wasn't where it should have been. I just well, watched dude, the power you can't play. Can't have a power play without ago. Connor. Or, I just or watched or a power play or. against <laughs> Seattle. I just watched a power play against Seattle with the proper guys on it, and they were missing passes. They turned a puck over. All of a sudden, it was a two-on-one the other way. Connor didn't even make it back to his own blue line before the shot was there because he just gave up on the play. I'm just telling you, I have a, I have a feeling. Uh-oh. You want to take that back, Elliot? Over, These guys might not make reactions. the playoffs. I never said that. But don't expect them to be the Boston Bruins of last year where they didn't lose until like, well, don't expect the Boston Bruins of last year to be the Boston Bruins of this year. All right. Really quickly before we wrap this up, does anyone want to give us, take a stab at any other NHL storylines that have popped out for you or anything else you're curious about or thoughts? I'm really excited for Kyler Yamamoto. He's got a goal tonight and he's had a a pair by all counts, a really good preseason in Seattle. And I hope he gets to, he come gets, come back in the career kind of hilarious how many former oilers are on that kraken team like yeah. schultz larson and shore <laughs> tippet tippet yeah it's, it's awesome it's good for them 
I think mine uh, is going to be what the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to do for their goaltending situation. Vasilevsky's out for like another month or two. Uh, and so I think the waiver wire might be a little busy. I think some teams are going to be careful about which goalies they're releasing uh, or putting made available because uh, Tampa's going to want to snatch somebody up. It'd be um, fun to, for like Toronto season to start like 0 and 10 or something. Oh, that'd be incredible. Incredible. They got so much beef. I watched their uh, their preseason game today against the Canadians. A great ending. The Canadians tied it with like a minute left and then won in overtime. But um, the Maple Leafs got a lot, a lot grittier, adding Reeves, Domi, Tyler Bertuzzi. There's some there's some interesting things over there happening. I would also say that I think there's a couple candidates out there right now to be like next this season's version of last year's Kraken who kind of surprised some 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 people and sort of all of a sudden it was like how are they leading that division and then ended up getting all the way to the playoffs and had a pretty you know pretty good showing for a team that was only in its second season. I think there's a couple other teams who were you know not good last year who have a great opportunity to rebound. I think one of them might actually be the Canucks. I'm not saying that they're ready to compete for the division, but I think that they will be a much more improved team if they can stay healthy. And I think that the decisions that were made in the offseason for that team were good decisions as far as making the uh, filling some of the holes that that team had. The big question is Demko, can he be healthy? And if he is, can he be what we saw a couple of years ago in the bubble? Because that's, that's exactly good, you. You totally just answered. That the Demko thing, like they made some very good decision in bringing in Casey to Smith as the tandem. I think sure. that's, I think that very tandem true. is much better than it was last year. Very true. All right. Well, obviously lots of real hockey will be played very shortly and we will talk about it when we get there. But until then, uh, that was topic one. Hey football fans, the ordinary podcasting network is very excited to welcome back for its second season running down the clock presented by Puya Ricey and Tyler Walzak. These two football fans will sit down with you every Thursday of the NFL schedule to talk football. You can subscribe to Running Down the Clock anywhere you get your podcast. Okay, so as one season prepares to begin, another season prepares to end. Uh, the Major League Baseball season is winding down or has wound down. I guess we're about to start the playoffs, aren't we, Braden? And uh, a tale of a couple different stories, but I want to start with the Blue Jays only because I don't watch baseball most of the year. To that's just a fact. What's wrong with you? Uh, but I do tend. Really interesting to see how like the, the the pennant fights or the wild card fights are. And I watched clinching potential games, and in both games, they just absolutely like pooched the dog. Like just absolutely awful. Extra innings and just blew it up. It just fell apart. And it was like all they had to do was win one game. They're really sad that they couldn't get it done. And then they, they get into the playoffs uh, and it's kind of just this like anticlimactic thing. And then they're still celebrating in the dressing room with champagne and the ski goggles and everything. Like they've actually won something. You didn't win anything. You made the playoffs and you didn't even win to get into the playoffs. Calm down. Celebrate when you've actually won something. This is my new biggest problem with baseball. All of this premature celebration. It, stop it. Just stop it. What are we doing here? Stop. What are we doing here? We're celebrating a very long season for like a handful of teams that get to, that get to actually play baseball in October. One of those teams is the Toronto Blue Jays and they rarely are there. (laughs) It is a terrible way to make the playoffs, but 
I will tell you this. Fortunately, they put themselves in a hell of a better position going into the playoffs, having to face the Minnesota Twins, who, yes, are on an 8-2 and two, uh, record for the last 10, but it's not the Tampa Bay Rays, who they've played multiple times in their own division. They've lost multiple times against them. And then if they were to win, go and play the best team in the AL East, which is the Baltimore Orioles. I think that although it's unfortunate that they lost the two you know, the, the games that would have clinched it and made it a lot more exciting and fun to uh, to make it into the playoffs, that they're actually in a much better position moving forward here. Yeah, I would agree. And I think your take is terrible, Jordan. I, it's so hard to make the playoffs in baseball. It's worth the celebration. And why bother having the playoffs at all? What does the championship mean? What does the World Series even mean? Hey, you made the playoffs. Good for you. Here's your ribbon. Go home. Every, you did it. There's no sport that's harder playoffs and then baseball and those teams after a long grinding season are if they want to celebrate they should uh i they have i do worry about the jays they well, just everyone feel does young. <laughs> they feel young i'm really happy they made the playoffs yet last year was so disappointing to be so close and then miss out kind of in the last game of the season i'm glad they've learned their lesson they've come back and they've had a hell of a season in a really difficult division. So uh, I'm happy for them in that front. And you know what? The playoffs are going to be fun. The stress just goes way up. It's going to be really interesting to see how the new rules impact playoff baseball, which is a different beast. Um, And so I think it's going to be a fun, wild ride. One that you should watch, Jordan. I I might watch it, but, but the truth is the only, the only, people who have any reason to be celebrating right now are the Minnesota twins because they were paired up with the blue Jays. Like we're talking about a team that's got two all-star pitchers, Pablo Lopez, Sonny gray. They both garnered Cy Young. Uh, that, did I pronounce that? Correctly? I can't even, I can't Young? even Young? listen to this. Cy Jordan Young. Dowler Coleman for those game one Lopez. He trails only Guzman oh in the AL for strikeouts. This oh man is, he's legitimately very Sorry. good. Who does he trail? Guzman. Kevin Gosman. Gosman. Yeah, the guy that's Guzman. pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays it's in the, the first game that's in the trails. series. Your yeah, argument and- is trash, Jordan. You started this podcast by telling everyone how many times you say things that are false. <laughs> this is one of them. No. Your, this he argument is, is He only terrible. trails Guzman, am I wrong? Right. And he's playing him tomorrow. Right, and then in game two, Gray who only sits behind the Yankees ace Garrett Cole and Padres pitcher Blake Snell in in ERA league-wide. Blake Snell, great year for Snell in the Padres. These statistics are not going to come up against them. The Toronto Blue Jays Jays pitching lineup is the best lineup in the American League in the playoffs. I kid you not. In the playoffs? Playoffs? We just got here. Yeah, and those are the only teams that are remaining. No, but how? Oh, so what we're doing is we're comparing regular season records, and now we're we're transposing the playoffs. It means this is nothing. The same this season. is the best of this is three. The same season. It's the best of three. When is the last time the That's Blue right. Jays won a wild card series? I don't think they've ever won a wild card series. That's not true. They did the year that they beat the somebody somebody's to beat the Texas Rangers oh in the second gosh. round. They had to go through the wild card to get to that. Somebody one, somebody's because well, we had the Jose Batista bat flip. Look, uh, at the, the Texas end of the day, Rangers. That's yeah, right. Jordan, I know they're going to be just 
fine. This this Blue Jays team is stacked. They have so many batters that aren't even going to be in the lineup. We have running. We have a, an actual outfield. I think that most can teams have uh, so many batters that aren't going to be in the lineup. It can you can only start so many. But and what I mean by players. batters is like guys who have above three hundred averages. These guys can hit the ball. Well, that's good because that is exactly the point of baseball. So I'm that's glad right. that they're functionally capable to play the game. Here is the end of this topic, as far as I am concerned. At the end of the day, win or lose. They've already sprayed the champagne. They're winners in my eyes. Congratulations, Blue Jays. You did it. The somebody somebodies. <laughs> Sorry about the Padres, man. I, I thought that this would be their year, too. That was just ridiculous. They've had a terrible year. But now that they're out of the Hang way. On, are we still talking about baseball? Are we not? This is the baseball segment. Oh, we're done. We're done. Oh, oh. <laughs> baseball is done. We had to, we had to give a champagne. non-tour Padres. It's Are over. we the official Padres Find me another podcast? sport. Find me another sport that sprays champagne before it's over. It doesn't happen. Cricket. The race has to be finished before they spray the champagne <laughs> on the podium. Do, I think they do another sport. NHL, when the last game... See, series even looking it up for me. The end of the playoffs is when you celebrate. And look, I would even... You know what? I'll give you this. You can you nobody can else plays play 160 games. Celebrate when you win the pennant. That's fine. Because then the World Series is its own thing. But no, and, and baseball shouldn't play that many games either. It's inhumane. Yeah. It's inhumane. Okay. We're moving on. Hey, if you're a fan of Formula One, then I've got the perfect podcast for you. The Pit Stop Podcast, presented by the Ordinary Podcasting Network. After every single race of the Formula One schedule, Jordan and Tyler will break it down, give you some news, analysis, insight, before answering your questions and setting you up for the next race. That's the Pit Stop Podcast, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Somebody, somebody's. Somebody, somebody's, and then they went on and lost to the Texas, played the Texas Rangers. (laughs) They had to go through the wild card. I bet you they did. They did. Oh, I think they did. Yeah, it was. See, I know things. I just don't remember details. Okay. Uh, We're going to do hats off. Elliot, you're up. Yeah. So I'm going to give my, take my hat off to Jimmy Butler, who showed up to Media Day with a new hairstyle. And if you guys haven't seen this, it is chic. Uh, I was actually hanging out with some friends after work uh, tonight and saw it on the screen. And I actually had to stop the conversation mid conversation to show people. Um, Yeah. Like a side part, hair straight, looked great. Loved it. Hats off to Jimmy Butler for, you know, always daring to, I don't know. He's got cool hair. He does this every year. He, so last year it was like some, really really big dreads the year before that i think he had yeah i can't even remember but this year was like full-on cost it felt very very performative this year like oh, yeah. he had the earrings to boot people asked you know in the interview what's going on and he just said it's emo don't judge, don't judge me or something yeah. like that. earrings uh, he had three he had three piercings on his lip piercing the lip piercing on his eyebrow 
And then in media day, like everybody's taking pictures. <laughs> He's just standing there. People can't ban. There's like a picture of Bam out of bio, absolutely laughing hysterically. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> and then goes on to say, it's our year. We're going to win it all. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny though is he's like he definitely has brought that team to the finals like two of the last four years, so it's possible. Yeah, that's well, a good one. All right, I like it, Braden. Okay, I'm tipping my hat off to uh, the first ever draft pick to the Professional Women's Hockey League, Taylor Heiss. We didn't uh, get to touch on the the draft that was the inaugural. Uh, draft the professional women's hockey league but uh taylor heiss i, th- I hope i'm pronouncing that right it might be heisey h-e-i-s-e uh draft first overall by minnesota the team or the yeah the, the place that she's been playing uh college so she doesn't have to go far from home to continue to play and maybe turn that league into something really special very good that's a good one i will take my hat off uh posthumously to one of the cfl's greatest players george reed passed away uh, yesterday, uh, just the day before his 84th birthday. For those who don't know uh, the history of the CFL, George Reed, uh, arguably the greatest Saskatchewan Rough Rider of all time, arguably one of the greatest running backs of all time. Uh, he played 13 years, which of course is like an eternity in football. 13 years, over 203 games. At the time of retirement, he was the all-time leader in rushing at 16,000 yards and rushing TDs at 134 Um uh, before he left the game in 1967, he was one of the formative players in the Ryder sort of lore. He has his jersey retired in Ryderville, and uh, just a very prominent and important fixture in the history of the CFL. So my hat goes off posthumously to George Reed, uh, Elliot Braden. Thank you very much. Appreciate you uh, showing up, making the time. And we were able to get a, a podcast out there to the to all of our adoring listeners and to our adoring listeners. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. And thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Share it with a friend. Tell somebody about it. You know, turn to your neighbor right now that you're sitting next to on the LRT or the SkyTrain and a complete stranger. And I want you to tell them right now that that was Hattrick. Hattrick is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. Produced every week by Jordan Dyler Coltman and Braden Dyler Coltman. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include. Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue, which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft 
in a decolonized space.